Hi there, everybody. This is Jordan and Lisa, and we have prepared a brief but hopefully helpful podcast for you summing up our sabbatical that we went on this summer. And uh, first of all, thanks again that we got to do that. That was so awesome. And uh, we just wanted to bring back a little bit of what happened on it to you guys so that we could, um, I don't know, first of all, let you know that we didn't just vacation for a month. Right. But then also just share some of the good things. So, um, yeah, Lisa, it, it was just a vacation for you, though, right? You just. Right. A lot of Netflix. No navel gazing, only just pure entertainment. Navel gazing? Like self reflection. No I've prayer. never heard that. You've never heard that phrase? You're always teaching me you new things. You don't spend enough time in the... Uh... That wasn't on my Wordle today. <laughs> Mabel gazing was not I sent you my Wordle scores. That's what I did. You always send sabbatical. me yours, and when in I humility, get, it, I always keep mine to myself. Whatever. That's not true. <laughs> I just never get it on the second try like you. Mine's always like the fourth or fifth, so I'm kind of ashamed of it. It's but all right. You'll get there. Let's start by just talking about sabbatical. This is a word we don't really use a lot. I mean, ever, really, outside of church. Maybe some people, you know, Garen announced it from the front, and they're like, what? They're doing a what? I've never heard of that. So maybe we'll just touch on, like, what is sabbatical? Is it even in the Bible? What? Why did you do this? And uh, we'll go from there. So, Lisa, if someone asked you, hey, what's sabbatical? What would you say? I would say um, it's a season of intentional rest and a break from work similar to a Sabbath that God um, commands us to observe weekly and regularly as part of our rhythm, just an extended season of that kind of intentional rest, um, meeting with God. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think you nailed it. I see in the Old Testament that things are very cyclical for the Jewish people, mm-hmm. that when God sets things up, he understands cycle and the power of that being ingrained in our daily life. And part of that cycle that he sets up for his people is rest. And so every 50th year, it was the year of Jubilee. It was forgiving debts. It was releasing slaves. It was resetting the board. Every seventh year was um, something called the year of Shemitah, which was like the, the ground gets a break. We don't farm for that year. We give it a rest. And so we see this sabbatical, this rest part of Jewish culture. We see it now, how God commands us to take a Sabbath. Um, And it is a command. It's not a suggestion, right? And so we see that he values rest. And so that's part of what the leadership here blessed us to do. I think it's pretty common to do sabbatical um, on church staffs. And so I was really grateful that we got to do that too, because man, we've been, it's a good job. We enjoy the job. But it's something that definitely can take its toll, right? For sure, it does. And yeah, I would echo that. As much as I find life and fulfillment and joy and feel so very grateful to serve in this way, it does take an emotional toll. Um, And spiritual, too. I think when you're caring for other people's souls and, you know, it's hard not to read scripture with an eye to, oh, this could really encourage someone. Um, So to have a, a season where... It was just about me and the Lord, and um, really resting in Him was very, very valuable. Yeah, I think maybe some people heard, oh, they need a break. They must, like, be burnt out or not enjoy their job or whatever. And, like, we, we love what we do. We're in it for the long haul. But, yeah, it's like a pit stop in a race. If you don't stop mm. and change the tires and fill with gas, like, you're going to end up on the side of the highway. So, Yeah, one of the quotes, I don't remember when you shared this, but at some point... <laughs> 
you said, um, we don't rest because the work is finished. We rest because it's never finished. And I tried to carry that into my sabbatical that part of the reason for doing it was that I wanted to have, I want to have longevity in ministry. I wanted to come back um, really passionate and excited for the next leg of this race um, for however long God has me serving here. So yeah, just a, a really good time to refuel. So neither of us had taken a sabbatical before this. At least I hadn't, had you? Nope, I hadn't. So like, I wasn't totally sure what to expect, but your mindset going in, were you like, excited? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you like, what were you feeling? Well, uh, if you guys know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram one. So my motivation is always wanting to do things right. Um, so I was, I guess in some ways afraid I wasn't going to do it right. I was going to waste it in some way. And, um, <laughs> Garen had us do a lot of planning ahead of time, which was really valuable. So I didn't start, um, June 11th, like, okay, what, what do I do now? I knew, um, you know, what I plan to accomplish. I had things on the calendar, people I wanted to meet with, um, some stretches blocked off just for getting away, just me and the Lord and resting in his presence. And so um, that was really helpful. But yeah, that was one of the fears I had going in, just not spending it well. Yeah. Garen is so good at so many things. And so it's no surprise that he prepared us well for this. He had us thinking about this long before the first day. Um, so we were well prepped going in. I thought it would be easier than it ended up being for me. Mm. I was like, you know, this is going to be a breeze. It's going to feel simple and it's going to be just all rest and it's going to be awesome. And it, it was very good for me in a lot of ways, but it was just harder. So maybe we can talk about that. What was a way that sabbatical was hard for you, Lisa? Maybe, maybe you were expecting it. Maybe you weren't. Yeah. So one thing, um, when Jordan and I debriefed with Garen, we both said that this was a season where God revealed some idols in our hearts. And so there were a couple struggles. One was an idol that I'll share in just a second. And one is just that I have a really unhealthy view of rest and I have for a long time. So um, I shared a little bit on Sunday that if I am resting or trying to get away from the usual routine, it's not that I don't do that, but it's usually laden with guilt. I'm thinking, oh, I should be reaching out to somebody. I should have. You're resting. Over. You're just feeling bad about it. While right. You do right. It. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> and like, I haven't earned it and deserved it. I think even going into sabbatical, I felt that way. Like, man, nobody else gets a four week break from their work. I don't deserve this, um, and I I don't deserve it at the end of the day. But the church graciously gave it. So I think that was part of it. Um, just retraining myself um, how to think about rest in, a, in the way that God thinks about it. And, um, you know, I was really struck in reading through some scripture about, about rest, um, Matthew 28, and it talks about where rest is a gift that God gives. He gives rest to those he loves, I think is what that passage said. Hebrews 4 talks about God providing a Sabbath, but we have to enter God's rest. Um, and so just thinking that God's there giving it all the time, whether it's sabbatical or just in the rhythm of my normal life, um, and it's a matter of me reaching out to accept it, and I have never done that well. So um, day three of my sabbatical, I actually went to Manhattan to meet with a friend, and 
a mentor in ministry that I've known for a long time, and she really challenged me um, that maybe this season of sabbatical for me was a season of repentance, and that maybe repentance looked like refusing to get myself busy doing something else. So we moved at the begin beginning of June, and so it would have been really easy to throw myself into like unpacking boxes and getting the house perfect, but she challenged me. Um, you know, chaos never killed anybody. Maybe, maybe repentance for you is <laughs> just really taking rest by both hands. And so I tried to live that out, but that was, that was one thing. How about for you? I think that's what my wife lives by is that chaos never killed anybody because that's our difference is she will sit there and, you know, uh, a box on the counter for a week doesn't bother her. She can work around it. And to me, it's like, I stare at it every time I come into the room. It's like, this chaos is going to kill me. So I think I need to learn that a little bit as well. Um, my main one, my main idol, I guess, was of, of comfort that I kind of dis- discovered. And maybe more specifically within that is entertainment. There was a part of my sabbatical where I was with my family and we were doing things but for the last bit of it the last like eight days they left and I was still in Colorado uh, by myself and it was a great stretch to just achieve solitude whether I wanted it or not um, to read and to pray and to take walks and just think deeply and it was really helpful but I mean even when they first left I was expecting it to be like almost a weight off your shoulders because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Kate's got the kids, I can relax. And it was not that at all. Like my comfort blanket of those four was taken and it was a hard day when they left. And then after they left, you know, every day following, I mean, they're my source of entertainment and they're my, mm-hmm. they're what I do. So like having that removed was really hard. And then, you know, sitting there, there there's no internet where I was at. There's no phone, there's no nothing. And so kind of being forced into this crucible of like, what does it look like to sit with your thoughts and to think introspectively and to read something slowly and think about it and just turn the tempo of life way down? What does it look mm-hmm. like? And it was way, way harder um, and uncomfortable than I thought it would be. So I think the reminder of that, that that can so easily be something that I idolize, was really painful but really healthy for me um, and not something I was expecting at all for sure. So. That's really good. Um, we talked about the idolatry series where Garen mentioned that when you experience some kind of intense emotion or discomfort, you know, when we pull that up, often our idols are what's hanging from the roots. And I thought about that to just, you know, some, I just wrestled like halfway through, like I'd been on my personal retreat, had really great time just lingering in the word and in prayer. And I came back like, okay, time to get back to work. I need to feel productive again. I need to contribute. And I was only halfway done. And I have shared the story with several people. I was in the courthouse renewing our tags. And I saw this woman dressed like business casual, marching down the hall on a mission. (laughs) And my brain went, oh, she gets to work. And I thought, what is wrong (laughs) with me? Where did that come from? But just wrestling through how much my, if I'm not careful, my identity can be tied to my productivity. And that's, that's dangerous. So, you know, control, um, work some of that really reared its ugly head and I had an opportunity to sort of wrestle it down and with God's help for sure well and boss it's easy for you because you are a naturally efficient productive person and people need you so when you step into that role it's like your sweet spot so I mean I'm glad that you kind of discovered that and worked through it but I don't know in some ways it's like that's 
and that's what God made you for mm. in a lot of ways. So to feel that tug back to that, I don't think is, you know, super egregious. Yeah, probably not to have that thought on your sabbatical. That's mm. not the best time for probably it. Probably not. But you are needed by many. Okay, I'm gonna inter- I'm gonna interject a question we weren't planning on. Okay, but I'm curious. We haven't talked about. We'll just this, edit so. it out if it doesn't go. Okay, well. yeah, that's probably good. So one thing that hit me that I didn't expect, you know, the one of the uniquenesses of ministry is that you're doing your work in the midst of really beautiful community. And so the day Garen sort of commissioned us, like they're headed on sabbatical, let's pray for them, leave them alone, essentially. (laughs) I was really emotional thinking about stepping away from this place um, for for four weeks. Um, And I've been through seasons that I think I've been so exhausted that I wouldn't have been, but I just left me really grateful for where I get to spend my life investing. Mm-hmm. And even the, the staff team, I was really missing our community. So I was curious, like, did that hit you at any point? Like, man, I, I'm not working, but there's a component that's really critical to my life that I'm missing. Yeah. Not the day that we got commissioned like it was for you. I was pretty okay to leave at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but the halfway through uh, sabbatical, I had been gone and I had missed a few Sunday meetings, you know, on in the mornings, and I had missed some staff meetings and just being around town and being with people that I would normally see that are in our community, and I did start to hunger for it, and I think that's a really good thing, because if I had gotten three weeks in and been like, nope, I mean, I don't really <laughs> yeah. miss the church. I could go six more. Yeah, that might have been a warning light that this wasn't the place for me, but no, I definitely felt that too. I think it took me a few weeks to get there, but my first Sunday back, I was definitely like... It felt like uh, coming back to summer camp, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm seeing all the old people again, and it's good to be here, and um, so I felt that too, for sure. Maybe we could talk quickly about a lesson that we kind of learned. Lisa, was there something that God taught you on your sabbatical? Man, lots of things. Um, Yeah, certainly what I shared about the idols, just not my worth my value, not in what I contribute. And I've always known that it's a really hard thing for me to receive help um, or care. I'm just way more comfortable giving that. And so there are a couple of times that I got put in that position, just just needing to graciously receive help or support. And so, um, and recognizing that's just part of how God has designed us to live in community that we can't always be givers and we can't always be takers that needs to be reciprocal. So just trying to get more comfortable with that, um, I think was pretty significant. I think for me, it was a reminder of a mentality switch that needed to happen within me. This maybe Garen's mentioned it. You've heard it before the abundance for scarcity mentality and just how I can so easily tend to live out of scarcity. I can get Mm -hmm. mad when I don't think there's enough or I can become jealous, or I can become, you know, X, Y, Z when I try and grasp at straws to get what I think I deserve or need. And just the reminder that we serve a God who holds the whole universe in his hand, and he sees mm-hmm. me, and he sees the sparrow, and he sees the lily, and if he takes care of them, he'll take care of me. And just the reminder of that um, happened for me in a really uh, powerful way on my trip. And so I was so glad to hear from God on that day. And yeah, it's just been at the, my forefront ever since then that, man, this reminder that you can live out of abundance and just the implications that has on our whole life, you know, like um, in the way I treat my family and the way I do ministry and the way I recruit volunteers and train them, the way I interact with students, like 
the way I contribute to a staff on here at TBC, like, man, when I live with an abundance mentality, I am such a better teammate, husband, dad, whatever, than when I'm just trying to get my own. So that was a, a good reminder for me, and I was really grateful for that. Hmm. That's so good. It is good now. It was not <laughs> good in the moment. Maybe that was yours, too. Like, yeah. when you're in the crucible, it doesn't yes. feel good. But. Yeah, I have <laughs> defined my sabbatical this way. First half, rest, restoration, like, super cozy, warm feelings when I think about it. And the second half is kind of where the tables <clears throat> turned, and God started revealing just some of the junk in my heart and stuff that he needed to to go deep with me in. And so, yeah, that was really important and good and I'm so grateful for that but not as easy as the first half I guess yeah I feel similarly that third week I feel like the heat got turned up on the burner (laughs) and I was like okay we're really gonna work through some things now Mm. um okay last thing maybe something that you discovered about yourself maybe there was something that kind of like there was this uncovering Mm, something you didn't know was there and you're like oh now that I'm sitting in the silence I realize that's a thing. Was there anything like that for you? Um, yeah. And it came at a unique time. It wasn't when I was, you know, sitting with my Bible open on my lap and this is something I know about myself, but it's really easy to neglect, um, partly because of how I view rest, like I said. And, um, so Sarah Coltrane is a good friend of mine. And I always say that Sarah is someone who pushes me to reach for beauty. She will, will be on a walk and she challenges me to stop and let's watch the sunset. And, Um, So one Thursday, she invited me to go along to this uh, pottery class with her at the Arts Council. And that was like two of my favorite hours of the whole time. And I'm I'm an artist by nature. I love to be creative and uh, make things with my hands and be around other creative people. And so that was so life-giving that I realized I have to make time for that. And that's not... um, you know, super spiritual in nature, except that God is creator and he's made us to create too. And so I think that's a way I can reflect him. And I certainly enjoy him in that. Um, so that, yeah, that was one thing for me. Hmm, that's really good. Mine was an uncovering that I had in a lot of ways lost a hunger for community with God and had instead started to make my job, my spiritual identity, hmm. And I, I, I mean, people tell you that when you get into ministry, and I was always aware of it, but I don't think I realized the depth of it until I was out there alone and really spent time with him and realized, oh, man, this feels new to me, and it really shouldn't. And so, um, yeah, realizing that that hunger for God is so essential to, I mean, first of all, your walk with him, just to know Jesus, but then to serve him and work in ministry. If you're not working out of a place of hunger for him, then... Um, the fruit you produce is, is going to be yours. It's not going to be his. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be good. So that was kind of a, a good wake-up call, and uh, that was really helpful for me. Once again, not a very, like, cheery moment when you realize that, mm-hmm. but definitely kind of, like, picks you up and puts you on the right path, and then it's like, okay, we're realigned, and we can go somewhere yeah. good from here. So that was That's good That's so me. good and so easy to slip into that place. I identify with that so much that you – can invest so much energy in what you're, you know, just sounds so cliche, what you're doing for God, what you're producing for him, how you're equipping someone else to have a healthy life with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not in a great place myself. Well, because it's things that we celebrate. It's like, man, I'm training up these leaders or, man, these students are making progress and everyone comes around you and celebrates it as mm-hmm. they should. And for me, it's like that I can so easily make that the goal and just, I don't know. It It's subtle is the hard part too. Yes. It doesn't happen in a day. It happens over seven years. And so the subtle shift is dangerous. So this was really useful to kind of step back from that and realize the shift that had happened mm-hmm. in my heart. Good. Okay, as we kind of wrap up here, um, application. So, Lisa, does everybody get to just go on a sabbatical? Like, that's something we, they, they all are going to do it next week, right? And so. Well, I sure wish they could. That's going to be that's not the deal. Really practical. Didn't Garen <laughs> say they could? He's going to write them notes for their jobs. Oh, yeah. And, like a pastor's slip. Right. Yeah. Of a doctor's like a medical yeah. exemption mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, so we can't all, I mean, we wish we could go on sabbatical again, like next week, because mm-hmm. it was really great, but we can't. So how do we, how do we maintain that? Or are we meant to burn out hard for seven years and then recover for a month and then do it all again? Like, how do we maintain this thing? Even people not in ministry, how do we maintain our walk with Jesus instead of like going to an unhealthy place and having to do all this soul work that we just did? Yeah, one of the first realizations I had during my sabbatical was, man, this is, it's for me and it's for every believer. I mean, I talked earlier about God commands us in in scripture to receive his rest. He set up the cycle because he knew um, we're finite beings and we rely on his strength um, just to make it through the day, um, much less pour out into other people. And so just thought, gosh, my church family, I want to share this with them. I want um, us all to be in a healthy place of building those rhythms of Sabbath into our lives. And, you know, for me, everybody's wired differently, but for me, I need to get away from the routine, just even for an hour or two um, to unhitch from the worries and what's, you know, I see what's all around me and what needs to be done, but just to get to a place where I can sit completely quietly before the Lord and read a little bit and stop and think about it and just listen to the Lord. Um, you know, one of the spiritual disciplines I've tried to practice more in recent years is listening prayers, not me doing all the talking, but just, you know, presenting some questions of the Lord and just sitting before him and, um, and listening for the spirit. But, um, yeah, I just think that's something we've all got to work into our lives. And, um, I think we're going to talk about personal commitment in a second, but yeah, that's, that's where I was coming from that. I just want all of us to, to build that in. And it never feels like we have time to do that. It never feels practical to like, Hey, I'm going to take this afternoon off and go sit somewhere in nature. For me, that's helpful and do this, but man, it's so vital. Hmm. If anyone is listening to this and it's like, man, I would like help in like re attuning my heart, spending time alone with Jesus, like kind of getting back on that path, the way of the heart by Henry Mm -hmm. Nowen is a book that I read and it was so good. And, and my thing that I'm going to talk about came out of that. He talks about how solitude is, not a physical place it's a it's a mindset it's a state of your heart and so you are achieving solitude anytime you're in a place where you are ready to rid yourself of the old man and uh, put on the new man the new self and so anywhere that you can get alone with with Jesus and just be renewed daily in that that is your that is your solitude so we don't have to retreat to the mountains or to Arkansas or whatever that 
we can do it anywhere. And as long as it's a, a dedicated rhythm in our lives that we prioritize um, and make much of, it's something that can be really helpful to us. So, um, Scott yeah. Henry now, and was he required reading for sabbatical? He, yeah, I, I had spent a, some time with Henry too. Just so you guys know, we had required reading. <laughs> it was a little bit like when you leave for summer break and then you're, AP English teachers like, oh, by the way, read these books before August. That was a little bit what it was like, but they were good books. They Garen gave us some good things to read. So, the other thing that uh, I can't remember which book it was in, but I read that it said if you don't abandon, if you don't abandon society daily, then you will become like it. And I was really convicted by that. That I, it's not just doing the quiet time in your room and spending time with God. It's not just like a checklist. Like, man, my soul really needs this. Like, on a spiritual level, I need to make sure that I am not just like the world. Because if I'm just like the world, I don't have anything to offer the world. Mm. And so, making that a priority for that reason as well was big for me. So, solitude can happen anywhere. It is intrinsic, um, and so. That was one thing that I took away for sure. And on that same note, boss, if solitude doesn't have to happen in, in, a, in a cabin in the mountains, if it can happen anywhere, how are we going to achieve that on a regular rhythmic basis so that we can stay out of the ditch? Yeah, good question. So I really felt impressed by the Lord to set aside a half day a month and just get alone before him um, for some of that extended time of prayer and listening and lingering in his word for me that was just one of the greatest things about this time like sit down with my bible open and i had no expectation of when i had to be finished and rush on to the next thing and so um it really for me that's that's what i'm committed to build into this next year is a half day a month to be alone with him um listening to him just trying to recalibrate you know making sure i'm sensitive to where he's leading you know, whether that's in my relationship with him or in my family, I felt like I gleaned a lot of really good stuff. Um, God gave me some scripture for my kids and some things to pray over them that may be in the day to day, um, that I'm not catching. So that's something I'm going to try to do. I think for me, it's just making the beginning of my day, my time with God and making sure that I start there and then not only that but setting up and I have setting up someone to debrief that with once a week Mm, so that it's not just me but that I've got somebody else challenging and correcting and checking in and something that I heard while I was away was accountability has got to be with somebody who knows what you're capable who knows what you were called to but also knows like what you're capable of kind of Mm. in a negative sense and so just the commitment within myself to set that up with someone else because um, I want that. And I don't want to be, I don't want to lose that hunger again. I want to stay in this good spot. So yeah, that's so good. Um, we each talked about the last night of our sabbatical. Jordan texted me this picture of where were you? Looked like you were watching a sunset somewhere. Uh, I was on the golf course. Okay. <laughs> Naturally <laughs> with your Bible open, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> And I, yeah, I did the same thing the night before mine wrapped. And on the one hand, I was tempted to think, man, I'm sad that this is over. But I really had a sense that this is not, it's not over. This is a, the beginning of new rhythms in my life that are going to sustain me and um, keep me in a healthy place um, spiritually. So grateful for that. And just want to pass that along to the church family, too, that 
you know, this is something we all need, and it's easy for the enemy to convince us we don't need rest, but God gives it, and it's a good gift, so we need to receive it well. Yeah, 100%. And and you know what? Like you said, it's never going to come at a convenient time. It's never something we, our flesh is going to tell us we need to get into. So even this podcast, like as many good points as maybe we made or experiences we shared, this is probably not going to be enough to convince you to make it a priority in your life. Um but hopefully what it can do is maybe put a rock in your shoe. And I think that's going to be our prayer for this mm. is just that, hey, God, our words don't have the power to change anybody's heart. But if it can stick in your mind enough to where the Holy Spirit convicts you of it, that's maybe the goal. So we don't expect this to be so full of wisdom and so convicting that we change the listener's minds like we know we're not that good at what we do. So if this is something that maybe has struck a chord with you and something that you know, like that pebble in your shoe you can't get rid of for a few days, please just ask the Holy Spirit if there's something in your life that maybe needs reattuning, re recalibrating. If you need to rethink what it means for you to be in solitude daily, um, then that would be a win, I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, this was hard. We should take another sabbatical. Yeah, um, really. So we're heading out for another month. <laughs> and Catch in <laughs> October. Yeah, when, when it's not 100 degrees, we'll come back and be ready to roll. Just kidding. Guys, thank you for for the chance to do sabbatical. Thanks for letting us debrief this with you. If this is something that has struck a chord, either of us would be glad to grab coffee or whatever and just share more or listen more or whatever. So For sure. Okay. Thanks, guys.